The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Thursday, October 4th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds, the spitting statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the king, Scott Angle. Scotty, we're going to get into your week five ranks and all that good stuff of fantasy football. But my New York Yankees, as per Bavona, the manimal, playing us the music because we're here in New York. And they advanced over the Oakland A's last night. They go see uh, those Red Sox up in Fenway this weekend. Yes, uh, congratulations to uh, you and Chris and uh, your New York Yankees. And uh, we'll move on to more of the wild card rounds today. We got uh, we got the two National League games today. Uh, you know, the Yankees putting on a massive power display. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Giancarlo Stanton played in his first Major League playoff game last the last night. Yeah, and did some work. His home run was yeah. a shot. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. He's been waiting um, for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, it, to me, and I've said this before, and we'll get to football, obviously, but I've said this before. For the Yankees, it will come down. I've been saying, like, in the trading deadline, I wanted them to try and get a true ace, a Bumgarner, a DeGrom. There's going to be a time, some point in the playoffs, like a game two or a game five, where the Yankees will be running out like a Tanaka or a Hap, or a CC, and the guy on the other side is going to be a Verlander, or a Kluber, or a Sale, and that is the only thing the Yankees need. The offense is absolutely fine. As you saw last night, the bullpen is fine as well. But I digress, Scotty. Let's get into football, okay? Because week five is upon us. In a mere, uh, what, 13 and a half hours, week five will start with the New England Patriots hosting the Indianapolis Colts. I gotta let people know, though, Scotty, 
Scott from the very beginning. T.Y. Hilton, out. Jack Doyle, out. Uh, you know, Marlon Mack, out. They are a mash unit in Indianapolis that might create opportunity. We've talked about Robert Turbin and potentially others. You know, there's always a next man up. Where are the opportunities for the Colts tonight? I think it's uh, Chester Rogers. Yeah, Andrew Luck has a lot of familiarity with him. Uh, I think it's with Eric Ebron, you know, especially in the red zone. And I think Naheem Hines is going to continue to catch passes out of the backfield. Yeah, absolutely. Naheem Hines is a great name to know. Because Mack is out, formats. too. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, listen, Marlon Mack hasn't really been able to do it. It's going to be, what, Turbin and Wilkins and, and Hines. And I think Hines definitely has the PPR world carved out for him. I think the biggest question, though, on the other side, Scotty, is Rob Gronkowski, right? I mean, listen, I'm going to say, I'm going to say exactly what I said last week around Dalvin Cook. I will say this week about Rob Gronkowski. He may play, right? But I'm worried about Thursday night football. It's a short week. He might get banged up. I'm worried about him starting but not finishing the game. And I'm worried about his workload and usage. I understand, you know, if you have Rob Gronkowski and he's active, I understand that you kind of, quote unquote, have to play him. But what would be your level of concern, Scott, with Gronk, even if he is active by putting forth a representative effort of what you understand to be Rob Gronkowski? Uh, I'm reading reports, and you know they could. These are maybe they're accurate, maybe they are not. Right. But uh, you know we won't know until tonight that they're not expecting him to play on this short week. If he if he plays, you have to put him in because even if he doesn't get yardage, he can always catch a touchdown pass. You know, especially against that that uh that that defense. Yeah. So you just have to wait and see. You have to have another tight end locked and loaded. Uh, you know, if he's in and active. All right, but listen, I mean, we could have said the same thing about Dalvin Cook, you know, last week. We were like, yo, if he plays, you got to start him. But then look what happened. You know, he had like 10 carries, I think, for 20 yards or something like that. That was about it. I mean, isn't even if he plays, I understand that you have to start him, but like the workload might just not be there. You think the touchdown possibility is, could be your saving grace with, with Gronk tonight? Yes. You know what? Every player and every injury is different. I remember yeah. when Brian Westbrook was always listed as a game-time decision, and he would go out and blow it up when he was active. And some guys, it, it depends really on the nature of the injury, and you know, an ankle's not too good. But if, if it's not a high ankle sprain, he'll be able to play through it. You know, they'll shoot him up, whatever. Uh, Look, the tight end position is not very good. Like, if you don't play Rob Gronkowski, who are you going to play? Ian Thomas? So you have to use him. Yeah, I think one league uh, where Mike Blewett and I are sharing the team, we've talked about it. We do have Rob Gronkowski, and so we'll be in communication before the game. I think our bench tight end, Scott, in that league, I got to double check. I think it's like, I think it's Austin Safarian Jenkins, and I'm okay with that, okay? Because first of all, they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. We've talked about kind of the matchups against the Chiefs. And ASJ, the Rastafari, King Halil Selassie, is a legitimate option for uh, Blake Blood clot Rasta. You know what I'm saying? So here's my thing, Scott. Like, let me ask you. I am in that situation. Okay, I have Rob Gronkowski and my backup. I'm double-checking right now. I believe it is Austin Safarian Jenkins. Uh, What do I do? I just start ASJ? Uh, If Gronkowski is active, you start him. If Gronkowski's not an active, to me it's simple. I'd rather take an active, risky Rob Gronkowski than a healthy Austin Safarian Jenkins. Okay, and that's probably the nothing case in fantasy is absolute. I always say when you're in doubt, you go with the healthy player. But in this case, it depends on what your alternative is. 
Right. So if I have Tyler you know, Croft, you know, maybe I'm playing him. So that's interesting. What we're going to do, Scott, is we're going to have to go through your tight end and, and look at the ranks and kind of go name by name because I thought Austin Safarian Jenkins was like, you know, to be honest, given the state of tight end, that's like a, a decent tight end to have as a backup right now. You know what I mean? Mm, so I would love. He really hasn't done much at all. Okay, so what we'll do is yeah. we'll go through different names and we'll talk about that. The risky yeah. Gronkowski versus. You know, the, these other people that you're talking about. So, listen, let's look at this right now. I think this is interesting for us to do. Obviously, if you have Rob Gronkowski, it's very unlikely that you also have a Zach Ertz. It's unlikely that you also have a Travis Kelsey, right? It's unlikely that you have some of those guys who are in the top tier going forward. So I'm going to go down a little bit to people who are like outside of the top 10 at the start of the season and see what you would do in this situation. I think you got to start Jared Cook over Gronkowski right now, right? Yeah, Jared even Cook's over the top tight end in fantasy football. Right, I'm just now. saying he was someone who you might have have along with Gronk because you didn't draft yeah. him as one of the top. So, okay. Well, drafted um, him very late, if at all. Right. Yeah. An, active, an active Rob Gronkowski or Eric Ebron? That's tough. I feel like they're both touchdown dependent. You can't trust Ebron. Something will bounce off his hands or something like right. that. I'll go with Gronkowski. An active Rob Gronkowski or Vance McDonald? I'd go with Gronkowski. I know McDonald's look good, but the track record's not there yet. Interesting. An active Rob Gronkowski. I personally would go Vance McDonald in that situation. Okay. An active Rob Gronkowski or Tyler Croft? Uh, that's tough. Uh, I'd go with Gronkowski. Really? Yeah. So there doesn't seem to really be many. Um, an active Rob Gronkowski or George Kittle? Uh, Gronkowski. All right, so, I mean, it doesn't seem like there are many other tight ends you would start over an active Rob Gronkowski. I mean, you would, obviously, you would start, like, Ertz or Kelsey, but it's unlikely that a team would have both of them. It sounds like you are saying definitively, if Rob Gronkowski is active, you got to start them even well, over these since other Since I'm an editor, options. I wouldn't say definitively, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would say in, in many cases, most cases. All right. That's good to know. Listen, remember, uh, Scotty, yesterday on this show, I said, oh, at some point yesterday, I was going to get an alert on my phone that DeAndre Hopkins status has gone from healthy to questionable. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. I told you about, you know, managing veterans reps and things like that. So let me give you a rundown. Here are people that were, uh, you know, DNPs, at least to start the week yesterday in practice on Wednesday. Giovanni Bernard with a knee. Uh, Marquise Goodwin with a hammy. Antonio Callaway with a knee. And Jarvis Landry with a knee, including Cleveland. Adrian Peterson with an ankle. In Philly, you got Corey Clement with a quad. Alshon Jeffrey with a chest injury, a new chest injury. Darren Sproles with his hammy. Uh, in Green Bay, you have Aaron Rodgers with a knee. Randall Cobb with his hammy. Geronimo Allison still in the concussion protocol. You got Sterling Shepard with a back. You have Larry Fitzgerald with a back and a hamstring. Of all these injuries, Scott, which are the ones that, like, actually matter to you because I think a lot of these guys are going to wind up being DNP and then like limited and then full throughout the course of the week. But which one of these, if any, are uh, ones that are really important to watch? I think the Packers wide receivers for sure. You know, Geronimo yeah. Allison, you don't know how anybody's going to recover from a concussion, but it doesn't look good. Uh, and then Randall Cobb said he wasn't anywhere close to playing last week. And they're talking about, you know, uh, Marquez Valdez-Starling. Scantling? Did I, st 
Marcus Valdez Scandling, uh, yeah, you, you know, st- stepping up into a prime role, but he is just a rookie. I think this means like a heavy funnel towards Devontae Adams and maybe Ty Montgomery getting more involved. Interesting. We talk about Ty Montgomery as an interesting stash. Um, what about Jimmy Graham as well? Bump him up. Uh, uh, they, they've been holding him out early in the week. Uh, I, don't, I don't think this matters. No, I mean, if, the, if Cobb and Allison – uh, are out? Is that a bump? I don't. For Jimmy I don't Graham? trust Jimmy Graham. I. I think. I think he's really non-existent outside the twenties. I think injuries have kind of taken a toll on him, and you know he's not very physical. Uh, I, to me, Jimmy Graham's hit or miss, no matter who's around him. I think. Okay, let me ask you this: with all the, with that lack of weapons potentially for Aaron Rodgers, I look at the uh, Green Bay. They're going to Detroit this week, right? The uh, Packers are a road favorite, only by a point. But I look at the over under, Scott, at fifty one. Right, And we know, check this out, we saw two weeks ago what Matt Patricia does against a prolific offense and quarterback, right? He tries to time a possession, run the ball. That game had a total in the 50s as well, and it went under. This game has a total of 51. We know Patricia maybe likes to take the ball out of the hands of, you know, the prolific offense. And Green Bay is banged up at there with some of their playmakers. Uh, does this trend to be maybe an underplay for you with 51 as the total? What are you thinking? What am I thinking? Yeah, I'm just curious before I answer it. Uh, I, I, I mean, I think I asked the question in a leading way to show what I was thinking. Yeah, I do think it could be an under. I think that's what Matt Patricia will do. I think he will try to keep Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines. Um, I think they will try to run the ball, I, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, that's what they tried to do against New England, and it worked. I mean, Tom Brady only had something like, you know, I forget what it was exactly, but it was like – 38 plays or something like that. And that's that's what I think they're going to try to do with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know how effective it will be per se, but I think that will certainly be the game plan. And then you mix that up with, like I said, some of the pass catchers being banged up for Green Bay. Cobb may not go. Allison in the protocol. Yeah, I think this could go under. 51 is a lot of points. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. It's, uh, you know, this is a divisional game. This familiarity in this Packers yep. offense has kind of been depleted. And I see everybody talking, even on our site, you know, about Aaron Jones is a sneaky play, says Brandon Murchison this morning. Uh, I, I think this is still a pass-first team and a, a run committee. I, I think, you know, with the, the Rodgers injury and the lack of weaponry, this offense is not as devastating as it might, might usually be. And so you're with me on the under? I'm with you. On, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions won this game, too. Interesting. Listen, that that home dog. We talk about the home dogs, especially in a division matchup. Yeah, make them bark. That's what I'm talking about. The Lions are getting a point, and it is a 51 total. I'm on the under on that one. We'll make our official picks, of course, on tomorrow's show. One last piece of news that I want to mention, Scotty. Uh, There will be no suspension, it looks like, for Jets wide receiver Robbie Anderson. Remember, he had a lot of – he was in trouble with the law, that sort of thing. He had some comments for the police officers over the offseason. We had a little bit of fun with that and you know I've been talking about there have been some of these guys right where like the question is will the suspension come down you know is the cloud hanging over them when will the shoe drop Robbie Anderson was one of them it sounds like there's no suspension but I think the bigger question for you you know the Jets have the Denver Broncos coming into MetLife this Sunday um is Robbie Anderson – I mean, Robbie Anderson, people thought, was a wide receiver, too, coming into the season. I certainly we thought did, at yeah. least he'd be the. We thought he'd at least be the Jets' leading receiver. It looks like Quincy Inunua is the guy in that role. Um, we've been talking about people like Chris Hogan and others. I mean, Robbie Anderson has been a cut candidate, correct? 
Yeah, he is, he is a cut candidate. I, I can't see any reason to keep him right now. It's, you know, I did my in-season ranks on rotoexperts.com yesterday, yep. for, uh, and, you know, they're up now, and, uh, you know, I don't have Robbie Anderson inside my top 60 fantasy wide receivers. Wow. My, how the mighty have fallen, you know, and this is the thing. We're past the quarter pole now. You know, you were saying off air things like you got Andy Dalton ranked ahead of, you know, uh, Russell Wilson. We're talking about a legitimate question of like Philip Lindsay over David Johnson, things of that nature. Right. So, I mean, this is this is where you have to start thinking about how things have changed. Scotty, I got to let people know the Fantasy Factor is the only DFS site with exclusively single entry contests. It's a fun and recreational place to play with smaller leagues and flatter prize pools. They have great free promos like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, March Madness Bracket Contest. Sign up today. Go to FantasyFactor.com. That is FantasyFactor.com. Real quick, Scotty, one of the things you just mentioned, um, I have Aaron Jones currently in my DFS lineup. Um, how do you feel about that? You said Murchison thinks that's a sneaky play. I have Aaron Jones right now on FanDuel. He's at 6,100. I have him in my lineup. I'll tell you this. We also talk about those game stacks. I got a lot of players from this Falcon-Steelers game involved in my DFS lineup. But Aaron Jones is a running back for me right now. What do you think? Uh, I don't like it, you know, especially daily. I don't feel there's a ceiling. This is still a pass-first team, especially when they get in the red zone. And uh, I, I think people are getting fooled because he's he's looking like the best runner and he may up end up being the lead runner, but it's still a committee. And I still think his, his workload is going to be capped. Uh, I'm not playing him in season or daily. Okay, fair enough. Let's go to these uh, Cleveland real quick. Callaway and Landry both did not practice. We're also hearing those reports. Remember Hugh Jackson saying that they may have to dial Callaway back a little bit, we heard. Uh, are, signs pointing, are signs pointing to Rashad Higgins or David Definitely. Njoku a little to yeah, this e- week? Yeah. Even before the injury, they were talking about just dialing him back because, like, right. lack of efficiency, et cetera. You know, people got excited about him right away, but, you know, he hasn't – taking advantage of all of his opportunities, and Rashad Higgins is an established veteran. Not much of a ceiling, I don't think, with Rashad Higgins, but uh, if I had to, if you put me to a wall and said Rashad Higgins and Mahasamad Sanu, you know, it's <laughs> almost like the same player, but uh, you know, because Rashad Higgins starts, I'll take Rashad Higgins. Yeah, I think that's fine, especially with these bye weeks, especially with these injuries, you know. Sometimes a safe floor is not a bad thing to have, you know. If I could pencil in Rashad Higgins for 5 for 57 right now, I'll take yeah. it. Uh, we are off and running, Scotty. It's Roto Experts in the morning. When we come back, we dig into the Kings' Week 5 in-season ranks. We talk about who he's higher on, who he's lower on, who he thinks of Fugazis. Come on back, Dane and Scott. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Welcome back, back in the New York groove and back 
to Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the king, Scott Angle. Listen, Scotty, if you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool over at mybookie.ag. Forget multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of late scratches. Okay, Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you'll get a 50% deposit bonus. So go on over to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code FNTSY. Don't worry about experts to compete against. It's just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag. All right, Scotty, here's what we're going to do. All right, we are going to look at your in-season ranks. And for context, first of all, people can get these in-season ranks on the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge in-season fantasy package. Yeah, you got to pay a couple of shekels, but it is definitely worth it. You certainly don't have to pay a couple of shekels, though, if you are a guy strong style with his Jimmy G-spot name. Scotty, I got some great Game of Inches nominees that I'm, you know, working through for another contest over on Fantasy Freestyle. So people can always send me those submissions at as well, at Spittin' Speeds. But, uh... Scotty, what we are going to do is we're going to look at your week five in-season ranks. And for clarity, um, this is not about this week, and this is not necessarily about rest of season, right, Scott? Or this is more about, yeah. like, the next month or so, like the medium term. Yeah, now, term, now it is in the near future because if you say rest of season, I don't know who's going to be injured in week 14. Right. So, right. You know, get, it, look, again, I'm an editor, and I get nitpicky on this stuff, but – to be, people say rest of season, it gets under my skin because things can change between now and, you know, week seven, you know, in terms of injuries and depth chart movement in some teams, et cetera. Let me ask you something, Scott. Um, what value do you put on at this point right now, like in week five, uh, do you give any bump overall to uh, Panthers and Washington football team players who have already gotten their buy out of the way. Like I was in a negotiation with a with a with a another manager right now. You know, we were kind of working out a two for two kind of package. And one of the players that I was going to give up was uh, Jamison Crowder, right? And one of the right. points that I was making to the other to the other owner was like, "Listen, he's already had his buy. That's a good thing for you." A, do you agree? And B, if so, like how much does that value the, that you're getting a player that you know? Uh, has already had his buy that you could just plug and play. I'm just going to tell you something. God forbid our entire company folds tomorrow. You can get a job instantly as a salesman because the fact that he's had his buy week is <laughs> absolutely positively meaningless. Yet you sold it incredibly, and that, my friends who are listening, is the art of the fantasy expert. And the art of making the deal. <laughs> I appreciate that, my friend. The art of the deal, huh? No collusion. I promise. But in any event, let's look at these wide receivers. Jamison Crowder. Now, but you, you honestly, you it's don't not think collusion. You're not. You're not. Uh, no, I know. I'm just making fun yeah, of our uh, commander yeah. in tweets, uh, Agent Orange number forty-five. Um, let me. Let me. Um, Who's that? But you don't think that matters at all? No, not whatsoever. Doesn't really? Matter. No. I'm not taking one player over the other just because he's at his bye week. It has nothing to do with it. It's how, how I value it, the player. It's completely meaningless. Right, but that's the thing. How you value the player, at least I know I'm going to get 12 more weeks instead of 11 weeks. No? All right. Nice way to sell it in a trade. You try to sell right. it to me, it's not going to matter. <laughs> right, fair enough. Hey, listen, I'm looking at your wide receivers. and you know, I, I'd rather have, say, days. you know, uh, 
12 more weeks of, I, I don't know, we could compare players here. It's, Sorry, 12 more weeks of Jarvis Landry than 13 weeks of uh, Jameson Crowder. Yeah, there we go. Well, that you know, that's that's not even close. It's like I'd rather have 12 more weeks that, of, uh, say, you know, if, if they had their buyer ready just for argument's sake. Like, yeah. I'd rather have 12 more weeks of Robert Woods than 11 of Tyler Lockett. Fair enough. Uh, so let me ask you, what, you know, let's get a little bit closer. I'd to rather have 12 more weeks of Devin Funches than 11 weeks of Jameson Crowder. All right, so uh, here's, here's uh, you know, let me tell you the, the actual thing that's yeah. going on. Yeah, I hear you because, you know, my, uh, my opponent, I don't think he's up this early in the morning, so I don't think he's listening. Would you rather have uh, 12 more weeks of Quincy Inunua or 13 weeks of Jamison Crowder? I'd rather have 12 more weeks of Quincy Inunua easily. Right, and so, so would I. That's why I'm proposing this in, in, in the deal. I but love how I you're digress. spinning it. It's <laughs> awesome. It's you're all pe- good. You're, you're, it's like, did you ever see the old movie History of the World Part 1? Yeah. Yeah, it's like you know, Mel Brooks. Good old Brooks Mel Brooks action, yeah. Mel, Mel Brooks could not get work as a BS artist. You would instantly get hired. <laughs> cool. All right, let's, uh, let's look at your in-season ranks so we could tell other people how to, you know, sell some things and how to win their leagues and win that cash. I look at the wide receiver position, uh, Scotty. That's where we are first. And, you know, the top guys, listen, you know, technically you have Adam Thielen a bunch higher than everybody, but everyone's got him as a wide receiver one. So that's not really what I want to talk about. There are two guys, though, inside your top three guys inside your top 20 who are massively bumped up, okay? So you literally have them going from a wide receiver three to potentially a wide receiver two. The first one I want to ask you about is Cooper Cup. Listen, I love Cooper Cup. It is obvious that Jared Goff has a relationship and some chemistry with Cooper Cup. I love Cooper Cup as the guy that's a lot of times operating in the slot in that high-end fantasy herd that I talk about. Um, Cooper Cup also gets a lot of red zone targets, But my question is this, Scott. I go back to the fantasy herd idea, right? Like, don't get me wrong. I love Cooper Cup. But on any given week, Scott, couldn't it wind up being Robert Woods who has the big game or Brandon Cooks who has the big game? And couldn't on any given week it wind up being Cooper Cup? That's the guy who goes, you know, four for 48. And Robert Woods goes, winds up going seven for 125 and two touchdowns. That would be my frustration with Cooper Cup at this it, level. It, it's, it's not going to happen because Cooper Cup's floor is about a good 12 to 14 fantasy PPR points. He's always going to be involved. He, it, he, he's, he's, uh, he's the number one wide receiver on there. And they, they have like two number – and I think Cooks is number two and Woods is number three. This team could just become, I think, the third in NFL history – to start out uh, with with uh, with five thirty point games this season, I forget exactly wow. what the stat is. I'm probably messing up. They've scored thirty points every friggin' week. Cooper Cup is the number one red zone option. He's always going to be involved. I don't worry about that. All right, fair enough. Another guy that has a big-time bump for you, Scotty. We've talked about him for the last few weeks here. We're talking about in Cincinnati, Tyler Boyd. They have been, and by they, I mean the Cincinnati Bengals, they have been struggling to find a solid number two receiver opposite A.J. Green since my boy Muhammad Sanu, right? Um, So... Is Tyler Boyd the answer? Is Tyler Boyd this guy? And more importantly, is Tyler Boyd a week-to-week wide receiver too for you right now? You have Tyler Boyd over Jarvis Landry right now. The numbers don't lie. You know they're there. He's he's there. He's like the he's like the number one guy. It appears on third downs. You know if you play in a league where 
you know, the catches for first downs. I would love to see what the numbers are because he has totally exploded onto the scene as a number two wide receiver for that team. He is the number two guy there. A.J. Green is the number one. And if you watch last week's game against Atlanta, every time he needed to make an important throw and A.J. Green was covered, he was throwing to Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd is a must-start wide receiver, too, right now. I just threw out a trade offer in one of my leagues, Jordan Reed for Tyler Boyd. If people still don't believe it, I'd be glad to take advantage of them. Oh, you got to let that guy know, though, that Jordan Reed's already had his buy. You want to improve. You I don't don't have to tell him anything. If I want to sell it, if (laughs) I feel I have to sell it it in the trade, I will. I will. But, you know, this this guy is Ricky Seals-Jones is his tight end, so I don't have to sell anything. Absolutely. Let's zoom in on. I'm not not volunteering. Well, look. It's it's a piece of BS information, but I'm not volunteering <laughs> any information to help anybody else unless I have to. All right, fair enough. Like, I do want to go to Jarvis Landry, Scotty. I mean, uh, many people have him as a high-end wide receiver, too. You have him as more of a back-end wide receiver, too, a good seven or eight spots behind the consensus. Why do you hate Jarvis Landry, man? I thought, you know, I listen, don't. they're dialing back. They're dialing back. I don't hate Jarvis away. Landry. We talk about that. So, okay, tell me why he's uh, dropping a little. Do I have been 50? No, you have him at 20. Yeah, that's not hate. All right, but he, you have him yeah. lower than a lot of people, Scott. And it's with just all the, the way it falls out. You know, he doesn't get in the end zone enough. He's going back to the point where he doesn't get into the end zone enough, and, you know, that, that's hurt. that hurts him. Okay, um, another guy that you have dropping a lot, um, and I don't know if it's necessarily injury. I don't know if you just don't like the way this offense is looking. What about T.Y. Hilton, Scotty? T.Y. Hilton, you have now down um, a good, oh, I don't know. Let's see. You have uh, nine spots, I think, lower than the consensus. Most people see him as a wide receiver two. You, however, view him as a wide receiver three. Uh, Why are you down on T.Y.? The injury. You know, bump mm. him back when I know he's healthy. Okay. Um, so that is, you know, I mean. I don't know how of, much time he's going to miss. Yeah. I guess that's fair. You know, we just don't know, right? Um, so, but if he's healthy, then you see him still as a, uh, a wide receiver too? Yeah, exactly. I'd probably bump him up as like a good six spots or so, I'm thinking. All right, fair enough. Let's look yeah. at the tight end position, Scotty, because, I mean, as we know, the tight end position is such a match unit right now. When I look, if you have you have Jared Cook, you know, as the number four tight end, you know, moving forward, there's the top three who we all know, Gronk, Kelsey, and Ertz, right? You have them in a slightly different order. You actually have Kelsey as your number one overall tight end. Then there's Cook. But let me ask you something. Um you know, I'm seeing two guys here, uh, Tyler Croft and the guy I mentioned, Jeff Hireman. You have much higher. You know, you have Tyler Croft 23 spots higher than the consensus. You have Jeff Hireman 36 spots higher than the consensus. Tell me why. Well, Tyler Croft is stepping in for I- Tyler Eifert, and he caught right, seven touchdown passes uh, You know, last year in place of Tyler Eifert. And Andy Dalton loves to look in the red zone. As far as Hireman, you know, it's like, I listen to Dane Martinez in the morning. I'm ahead of the curve. I think everybody else is missing the boat. You know, this guy put up good numbers last week. So question about Croft, okay? Because I still I have him pretty you. low. No, that's true. You still only have him as a tight end two kind of thing right now, maybe in streaming in the buys, that sort of yeah. thing. But So let's, let's talk about Croft, though, okay? Because you have Croft, you know, as a legitimate start, Um in, in this week, even, because uh, you have him at 13, but some of the people you have above him are either banged up this week or on a bye, that sort of thing. So let me ask yeah. you this with Tyler Croft. Position's not um, that deep, yeah. Yeah. Um, so 
I remember him last year in for Eifert. I had him in a DFS lineup one week when he, you know, popped off with a touchdown in this exact situation. Talked about it on Lineup Lock Live with our good old friend who absolutely gets it done, Tony Sincata. We were talking about Tyler Croft a lot last year. My question, though, is this. Honestly, Scott, in a, in a league I'm playing in, um, my opponent, I'm in first place. My opponent this week is the second-place team. His two tight ends were Evan Ingram and O.J. Howard, right? So he was screwed for, for this week. You know who he picked up? C.J. Oh. Uzoma. Um, and so that's my question. You have Tyler Croft here. And like, you know, on FanDuel, for example, Scotty, you know, on FanDuel, they still have Uzoma literally um, ahead of Croft in terms of, like, you know, his their price point. So I guess my question really is, you know, you have Croft up high. I personally do believe that it's Croft. But it looks like, you know, the, the industry thinks that CJ Uzoma really could – either be the first tight end or eat into the potential. CJ Uzoma, 4700 on FanDuel this week. Tyler Croft, $200 less at $45. What's, uh, does Uzoma provide any threat to the things you're saying about Tyler Croft in this opportunity? Not, not in the red zone. I think it's still going to be Croft. You know, it's like I said, seven touchdowns a year ago. Uh, but you know, maybe outside the 20s, you, 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 you see more of uh, – you see Uzoma eating into some of that. But look, that the, the – uh, the position is is so desolate, you know, that you have to consider him a tight end one because of the touchdown potential. Yeah. The only tight end that I really see of note that you actually have a lot lower than the rankings that I want to touch on real quick, and he's got a bye this week, so it's not that big of a deal, is Trey Burton. You know, you've been down on Trey Burton, Scott, um, and I think it was in the last couple of weeks, I think you've been saying it's really been tied to the uh, execution of Mitch Trubisky, right? But we saw Mitch Trubisky, uh, you know, have six touchdowns last week. Maybe that was a fact, uh, a function more of the Tampa Bay defense than of Mitch Trubisky himself. But Trey Burton, even in this tight end wasteland, is still only your tight end 11. Uh, tell me why. He's, he's got to earn it. But, you know, he's still a tight end one. Uh, you know, I'm not looking at all the hype from the preseason, et cetera. You know, this, this guy's got to earn it. It's, he's been very up and down so far. Okay, there you go. Um, I would say, though, you, you do have him as a tight end one still. I think he's tight end 11 yeah. in your ranks. And yeah. remember, guys, you know, tight end with buys coming up soon. And, I mean, last week and this week, there's only two teams on buy. If we're going to start seeing four teams on by some weeks even six teams on by and then with all the tight end injuries we've talked about and I can reel them off Hunter Henry Delaney Walker Greg Olson Evan Ingram Jack Doyle Will Disley even you know I mean there's so many that have gotten banged up that if you have a guy like Trey Burton you need to maintain them, and you need to run them out there week to week. Scotty, I got to let the people know to head on over to DailyRoto.com. It is the industry's leading DFS site. It's produced seven separate FanDuel and DraftKings million-dollar tournament winners. Millions more in smaller prizes for countless subscribers. Once there, if you click on the Go Premium tab, you'll get the same DFS line optimizer that's helped Daily Roto customers achieve such remarkable success. But if you're into sports wagering, use the new sports betting tab. You'll be able to use the same tools that have produced all those winnings for DFS to help you with money line picks, picks against the spread, game totals, and player props. So go on over to DailyRoto.com, enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount, DailyRoto.com, the industry website where millionaires are made quite literally at least seven and maybe another one this week. Scotty, on quarterback, you know, I'm looking at your ranks, and I told you this exact question I had from a listener yesterday. Um... 
you know, I had someone who said, should I start Matt Ryan over Patty Mahomes? You have both of those two quarterbacks as quarterback one and two. Remember, this is kind of like the near future, as you said. But this specific week, Patty Mahomes against Jacksonville, Matt Ryan against that Steelers defense. I'm starting Matt Ryan over Patty Mahomes this week. Scotty. Those guys, those, have, sorry, those, oh, those, those, those guys are close enough right now where, uh, you know, a matchup can make the difference here, especially when it's a, such a stark difference between the two. Yeah, one of the quarterbacks then that you have a little bit higher, and I'm looking at, you know, 12 as the dividing line, right? So there is someone that you have inside your top 12 that the industry has outside of their top 12. I'm talking about Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, Big Ben Roethlisberger. Why are you, uh, you know, what, what's the... Uh, why are you kind of like warming to Big Ben? What's the improvement there? Is it like Le'Veon Bell coming back? Is it that he's got a lot of home games in the next month? What's up with Big Ben? No, no just, you know, the numbers have been there. You know, it's, it's okay. a very pro prolific offense, and the defense is going to force a lot of volume, whether it's home or the road. So let me ask you this, though, Scott, and I know we got to go to break, but like what you just said as the rationale— we knew that going into the season. We knew the Steelers were a prolific offense. We knew their defense could be had. So why wasn't Big Ben inside the top 12 in anybody's rankings going into the season? That's what I really I want to know. know. He was we knew, but we knew the Steelers were a big-time offense. We knew Big Ben, you know, is close to leading the league and passing a lot of years. We'll come back and talk about this uh, when splits. we come back. Roto experts in the morning, Dane and Scott. We look at running back ranks and continue this conversation when we come back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back. Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and El Rey de Fantasia, the King Scott Angle. We're looking at his uh, in-season ranks right now in the near, medium-term future. Uh, Scotty, a couple more tight ends I want to talk about. We've been mentioning this narrative on these three quarterbacks for a while, and then we'll look at the running back position. Scotty, uh, you've bumped down Deshaun Watson. You've bumped down Russell Wilson. We've been talking about Deshaun Watson and that offensive line, the lack of running game. He's going to be trying to run around and make plays. He will make some, but it's not to be relied on. Deshaun Watson is outside of your top 12. This is a quarterback who started the season in many people's top three when it came to quarterback. Yeah, you know, I have him right outside the top 12, but the play has been very inconsistent so far. Uh, I think it really depends on the matchup, and uh, you know, we, we didn't see him do well against New England, and they don't have a good defense. So, you know, Deshaun Watson has much less of a ceiling, I think, than, he, than what was perceived coming in. You know, he said yeah. they're taking away the big play. He's adjusting, and he's starting to complete shorter passes. 
Uh, you know, according to Ricky Sanders of DailyRoto.com, whose new article is like syndicated of the Associated Press everywhere, he's making a good point that, you know, when, when Kiki QT came in last week, that he was catching a lot of short-range passes. A lot of teams are that taking away the, the big game. play, and he ha- he has to adjust now. Question is, remember, this guy has, you know, at this point, uh, Deshaun Watson has what, like 10 or 11 NFL games under his belt? The question is, can he adjust? We will see as the Texans move on. I want to ask you about the Texans, though, in this uh, in their matchup this week. Uh, they are at home on Sunday night football taking on the Dallas Cowboys. They are three-point favorites at home against Dallas in a battle of Texas. Do you like them? I sort of think, listen, you know, guys like Demarcus Lawrence on the Cowboys side, they can get pressure. And we know, I mean, Watson got sacked seven times by our recommendation of the streaming defense in Indianapolis. I know Lawrence can get pressure. I don't, you know, guys on the other side, whether it's like, I don't know, is Randy Gregory eligible or is he suspended these days, whatever. But they, the Cowboys can get pressure. Um, do you like the Texans minus three at home against Dallas? I sort of might be leaning the other way. I can see it. You know, I think it's going to be a close, low-scoring game and not a good game for the reasons that you lay out for Deshaun Watson. I could see him being limited to one touchdown pass here. You know I like to talk how the Cowboys like to slow things down. And this right. is actually a secondary that they can attack. They don't have playmakers. But you remember Tavon Austin car- catching that long pass against the Giants a few weeks ago. It could happen again against a secondary like this. And I could see Dak Prescott actually outperforming Deshaun Watson this week. Well, that's really interesting. The last quarterback I want to mention, Scotty, and listeners may have heard it over the commercial break. You heard my take on why I can't believe it, why I believe Joe Flacco is ascending and is a viable streaming kind of guy in the buys. If you're in a super flex league, Joe Flacco... Scott, raises to your QB 15. You heard in the commercial break uh, kind of my narrative of why that is and how it's tied a lot to uh, their loss of faith in Alex Collins. Do you agree as it relates to Joe Flacco? Yeah, yeah, I I like him. He's been putting up good numbers, not throwing a ton of touchdown passes uh, consistently. So I think that limits him a little bit. Uh, I don't think 15 is a knock on him at all. I think in the past, you know, I've had him in like 23, and you know, so he's vaulted up, and he certainly earned it. And you know, he could push forward even more over these next two weeks. Uh, I think 15 shows how deep the quarterback position is. Right. Absolutely. And if you listen to Scott and I, you know, like in the month of August when we were just saying, wait on quarterback, wait on quarterback, literally be the last person in your league to get a quarterback. If you went with that philosophy, you could have very easily have winded up with Jared Goff and or Patty Mahomes, which is part of the reason why we advocate for that strategy. Looking at the running back, Scott, real quick. And this is where I want to ask you about like this idea of like, you know, over the next month or so. Right, because you have two running backs in your top, oh, I'd say in your top 16 that I wonder because I don't know that their um, usage or their value is maintained over the course of the next month. First of all, I'm talking about James Conner. You have him as RB12. Many, uh, there are reports now indicating that when the Steelers come back from their bye, uh, starting in week eight, that Le'Veon Bell will be there. Is this a question of you just like maybe not necessarily putting stock into those reports and believing that? What's the deal here? Because we talked about it a little bit yesterday, and you mentioned to me that, you know, 
Lev Bell is such a great player. When he's back, he will be the lead back there. So if that's the situation, there's no way James Conner is still an RB1. So why do you still have him in the kind of, you know, uh, over the next month or so, you still have James Conner as RB12, where he might only have two weeks left being the Steelers' lead back? I think it's more of a thing that right now, over, you know, the next two to three weeks, could be a three-week thing as well. You know, who knows how much work they give Le'Veon Bell in his first game back. Over the next two to three weeks, this guy is going to continue to be an RB1. And if Le'Veon Bell wasn't coming back, he'd be ranked probably sixth. Okay. Um, so I hear you. It's still this short term still covers before Le'Veon Bell gets back yeah, on the you look, field. Then, and get then, back then you the look groove. at everybody else behind him and they all have significant question marks. You know, it shows okay, so what, that's, it, that's, that's why when people say things like, you know, I get questions in a Roto Expert Slack chat on Twitter. You know, like, would you trade Saquon Barkley for this top quarterback or uh, Melvin Gordon? It's, if you have one of those very top shelf running right. backs, like a top seven or something like that, keep them. You can't <laughs> trade them unless you get a, a mega superstar back in return because right. it's so unless rare. DeAndre Hopkins is involved, right? You know what I mean? Right, exactly. <laughs> unless, you know what? If you said to me, would you trade Saquon back. Barkley for DeAndre Hopkins right now, and your receivers were good enough, I would say keep Barkley. It's more of a yes. rarity to have the superstar running back this year than ever. It seems like any season in recent memory. Yeah, absolutely. So that being said, let me ask you about your RB16 right now, Scotty. That's Giovanni Bernard, right? And, you know, okay, fine. So when we talk about James Conner, you when said I published this, another... When I published this yesterday, uh, okay. it was before that news came out. Okay. So the idea that Mixon may, in fact, be back this week, and now Gio is on the injury report, would obviously uh, maybe change your idea on the ranks on this. If Mixon is, in fact, back, then Giovanni Bernard's time yes, is up. In fact, right? uh in fact, you know, thank you for the reminder. I'm going to change it right now. <laughs> no, it's all good. You know, I'm happy to see that you you got my boy, the stereotype, Sony Michelle out there as well. Listen, Scotty, you have Sony Michelle as RB14, and you have James White as RB19. So you're starting both of them week to week moving forward, correct? Yeah, you know, that, that's why they're ranked there. Okay. <laughs> Great analysis, Scott. Thank you so it's, it's much. It's simple, I mean, pretty much. Yeah, no, I hear you. It, it, it absolutely is. Um, one of the other guys, listen, how do we play? You know, you got TJ Yeldon at 21. You have Leonard Fournette at 33. I mean, we know about what Dr. A has had to say here, right? That, that the perfect storm for uh, Leonard Fournette to re-injure himself and things of that nature. I mean, how are you playing these Jaguars? Are you, like, if you're, a, if you're an owner of one or both of them like are you maintaining both of them or maybe are you trying to flip this are you trying to trade you know like would you trade uh would you trade leonard fournette for Le'Veon bell uh if i could get rid of him yeah because i saw somebody uh you know this morning on social media with an offer where they were where they were being uh, trying to send Fournette. You go to Inside Injuries on RotoExperts.com right now in the NFL tab or the premium page. They're saying it could be a lost season for Leonard Fournette's fantasy yeah. owners already. They're expecting him to miss four or more weeks. If you can flip Leonard Fournette for anything right now, you do it. Okay, um, I, I hear that. You know, and if trust me, if I'm if someone's offering me Leonard Fournette, they better have T.J. Yeldon in the package, kind of as well. Hey, Scotty, Lamar Miller is your running back forty. 
Scott. That is, you know, you have 21 spots lower than the consensus. You have them lower than the guys we were just talking about, the Leonard Fournette's of the world. Um, Lamar Miller, number 40. That's like he's not even startable. At this moment in time, he is still a starting running back in the NFL. That doesn't mean anything. It just means he's on the field for the first play of the game. He's not producing starter numbers. He was benched during the fourth quarter last week, and I think Alfred Blue's going to seriously cut into his work. Lamar Miller has been super mediocre. There's no way you should start him. All right, um, and let me look at defenses real quick, Scotty. And, you know, you have your defensive rankings for, like, you know, the medium term. But I, I want to ask more about week five because so many people don't look yeah. at it, you know, don't look at defenses in four-week chunks, right? They look at it in a more yeah. short-term streaming. You know, as right. I look at some of the matchups this week, and obviously, you know, the Bears are on by. A lot of people may need a streaming defense, right? I'm telling people right now, here are some that I would recommend, okay? I like Carolina, and you may have been able to grab Carolina because, remember, they had a buy last week. So they may be out there and available. I like Carolina against the Giants, and we talked about it off air. I think Arizona is interesting. Traveling to San Francisco against C.J. Beathard um, and the hapless 49ers. What do you think about those two? Carolina and San Francisco as uh, – excuse me, Carolina and Arizona as streaming defenses this week. Yeah, I, you know, uh, the most popular stream seems to be the Titans. I think Tennessee, people are forgetting yeah. about Carolina, that defensive line against the Giants' offensive line. Uh, you know, still a good front seven, and uh, you know, that 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 at Arizona against San Francisco. You know, anybody who's going against San Francisco right now is a stream. You know, Arizona's Absolutely. still got some respectable pieces on defense. Absolutely, you talk about the Tennessee Titans as well. They go to Buffalo. Uh, to take on the Bills, where the Bills are home dogs by more than a field goal. That half point would worry me. Over-under in this game is 39. Scotty, uh, uh, Tennessee, you know, we've been talking about them, them not really being a public team, them getting no respect. In the last two weeks, they beat the defending Super Bowl champions and a team that was in the AFC title game. And, you know, 9-6, to six, they showed up and they were able to hold Philly a little bit as well. What is good about the Tennessee defense, you know, because we've talked about their secondary in the past, but now what with Logan Ryan and, and Malcolm Butler, like they're better in the secondary, Adoree Jackson back there too. Why is Tennessee okay? Why would you want them as a streaming defense? Is the sacks? Yeah, they played the, very the points well. down, is it? Yeah, they're keeping the points down. Uh, you know, that, that, that's a big reason, and you just got to like the matchup this week. There's no offensive potency, uh, you know, and they're starting to get healthier in certain key areas. And you know, going against a young quarterback who's a gunslinger, you know, there's opportunities right now for them to pick off passes. Right, that they will probably be able to turn Josh Allen over. You know, he tries to make those plays, sometimes chucking it up in the middle of the field. So there could be opportunity for some turnovers there for Tennessee. I, in a league that I believe we are in together, Scott, I do own the Bears defense, and I was able to get the Tennessee Titans uh, to plug in this week. I am carrying two defenses this week because after this, I will start the Bears week in and week out. Scotty, we only got a couple minutes left here on Road. 
Roto Experts in the morning. Here's the sprint as we do it. It is Thursday, so week five will kick off, like I said, in a mere 12 and a half hours at this point. The Indianapolis Colts, who are so banged up, Scotty, and now on a short week, travel to New England, where the Patriots, listen, they are at what? They're at two and two. Is that right? They need this win, Scotty. I think the Patriots, I remember I told you I thought the Patriots were going to boat race the Dolphins last week. I think similar things happen tonight up there in New England. I think the Patriots get out ahead. I think the Colts don't have the weaponry to keep up right now. And then I think we see a lot of my guy, the stereotype, Sony Michelle, in the second half. How do you think this one plays out? Yeah, uh, I think I think that's kind of how it plays out, although – you know, the Patriots are not the kind of team to take the foot off the gas and just all of a sudden right. start running the ball. So I, I don't think we can assume that. I don't think okay. we can assume any kind of volume for Sony Michelle, but, you know, just matchup advantages all over the field. Sure. I mean, we said that last week, too. We were wondering about that. Sony Michelle had 25 carries tied for the league lead last week. Him and Ezekiel Elliott had 25 carries. Uh, you know, if you tell me he gets 20 carries today, I'll show you a running back that deserves to be in lineups. I'll tell you that right now. Let me ask you, though, about these Patriots, two other players that we got to talk about once again to close out the show. Remember, it's the return of Julian Edelman, right? So is he? do you think, like, he gets force-fed in his return. You talk about how, like, the Patriots don't really take their foot off the gas. I could see Tom Brady purposely really trying to work in Edelman, maybe especially early, right? Like three targets on the first drive, something like that. I think they're going to try to feed Edelman to get him going. Uh, you run him out there right away. Is he a wide receiver two, three for you? I think so. I think so. Uh, I don't think there's any indications that he's going to be restricted at all. You just pop him back in. All right, so if that means you pop him back in, right, uh, we know what we say about Chris Hogan. Let's go back to Rob Gronkowski, Scott. I mean, I know you are talking about this active Gronkowski over. We went name by name. I mean, I would start Vance McDonald over an active Gronkowski. But moreover, me and Mike Blewett in our Carton League, where we are 4-0 and in first place, you know, we have Rob Gronkowski. I'm going to talk about this with Blewett on air in about, uh, you know, 10 minutes, but I would be concerned with his usage the same as Dalvin Cook, you know, like last week. I understand that you got to start him. I understand the touchdown could be there, but Scotty, when it's 23-7 to in the third quarter and Edelman is back and they want to work Josh Gordon in, like, couldn't they just, you know, be like, that's okay, Gronk. We got it from here. Take a rest. And that would concern me if I want to rely on him for production throughout the game. I, I think so. But, you know, if they get to that point, that's why like I always say, you know, where they have a big lead, you know, a Gronk right. touchdown could be Someone had to score it. the points to get there. Yeah. All right. So you like Gronk. I'm telling people I'm a little bit concerned about him for this week. I don't think he plays 60 minutes tonight. Um, so we shall see. Hey, you don't Scotty. You play 60 be- minutes to, to, to score points. This is true. This is absolutely true. Um, so we'll see, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it tomorrow morning. It is a football Friday tomorrow. We hope to have Dr. A on the line for a little bit tomorrow yeah. as well so we can talk through some of those injuries. I told you all the DNPs of people, right? So we'll do that. We'll make our official picks. Let me ask you this, though, Scotty. We got to do this. Um, you know how we make the three picks against the spread. You know how we make the survivor pick. Do you by any chance? 
chance want New England as your survivor pick this week? Or do you want New England minus 10? Or do you want the over-under on this game as one of your official picks of the week? I bring that up because I know some people think the Pats are a survivor play this week. Um, you would have to declare that now, though, Scotty. What are you thinking about this game ultimately? Uh, you know, you know, I never go with an obvious survivor pick just for fun, but I right. will say I'm definitely taking them laying the 10 points. Is that going to be one of your official three picks of the week? Yes. Yes. Well, you are. You are declaring yes. that. Okay. Yes. Fine. So we'll I, de- I declare. Yes. I, I do declare. I do declare. Right. Yes. So you like the Pats minus the 10. What do you think on the over under on this game? 51 and a half. I think. Listen, I, I, I know the Patriots can score. I just don't think the Colts can right now. So I can see this being a game that's something like 30 to 10, but that's still under, Scotty. I, I think the under, because I don't think the Colts can keep up. What do you think? I agree with you there. All right, so we got the under. We both like the under. We both like New England. Scotty's taking New England minus 10 as one of his official picks for week five. He's got to get back on the gravy train. I am not. The 10 is a big number to me. I would, however, make the Patriots one of my survivor picks, and I think you should too. All right, Scotty, we'll be back to talk about it all day tomorrow. You have a great day, brother man. FST is up next. This has been Roto Experts in the Morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great day, Scotty.